Hello. How are you? <laughs> Me? I'm doing yeah, pretty you. fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, to introduce <laughs> myself, uh, my name's Brandy, Brandy Yates. Uh, I'm a human design coach. And to give a little bit of information for those who maybe wanted to listen to this because of human design, uh, I'm a 3-5 splenic projector uh, with the right angle cross of unexpected. Um, and have been in my experiment going on for two years now. What the hell does that mean? I know, right? Um, well, <laughs> so that really gives a description for anyone who's listening. They're like, oh, so she's a projector because... When you talk about human design, there are it's there's so many layers, which is why it's so beautiful and uniquely tied to you. So what human design is, is it's an energetic blueprint that is uniquely designed to you, which is why it's important that you need your accurate birth date, time and location, because it's it's. I like to describe uh, human design as like astrology on steroids, because it really okay. is just in depth. Um, is this in-depth information about really getting to know yourself. And what's really beautiful when I give readings, a lot of, a lot of people are like, I knew this, like, I know this about myself, but what's really beautiful is that human design can show you the spectrum of your energy. So it can show you when you're acting in the highest expression, like how that looks like. And you're like, yeah, I totally know how that feels. That's when I'm living in alignment. And then when it shows you like the lowest expression, you're like, wow. Okay. So when I'm feeling in this low shadow frequency, this is when I'm experiencing a lot of resistance within my, within my experiences. So it really gives this insight into your energetic being. And it also gives you this great type of, um, you know, we're all here to express a unique expression. And that's what human design is. It gives you your unique expression that you're here to live out. And that's what I do is I help people. Um, that's why my company is called Meraki. Meraki means to put something of yourself into what you do. And so I help people discover who they are so they can put themselves in energetically into what they're doing. Cause I don't know how to do anything different, but that that's all I've been doing, you know? Um, so that's why I really got engulfed into human design and really uh, fell in love with this modality. It's incredible. Okay. So, so before I hit record, you asked me about my chart, <laughs> if I've ever seen my chart, I had come across and it's all TikTok. Like I'm on like spiritual talk. I'm on, you know, all of that stuff. I'm on tarot talk and astrology. So I came across a video and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is incredible. I pulled up my chart and I was like, I don't know what any of this shit means. All right, bye. I'm a manifester. That's all I know. Like, like that was it. And, and I, I bought a book and I was like, eventually I will read this, <laughs> but I haven't gotten around to doing it yet. Um, but I've been literally, I've been for months wanting somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about to come on and just like, you know, talk about what you know, because to me, I feel like it's such a, um, like you said, it's, it's like such a uh, complex thing. And it's so uniquely tied to that person that no two manifestors are the same, no two projectors. Um, so anyway, so there are how many different types of like archetypes? Would it be archetypes? You can call it an archetype. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there. So in human design, the big umbrella is that there, depending on who's listening, there are four to five types. I like to say four types because that is how it was taught. But a lot of people will say there are five types because of the manifesting generator. So when we talk about the four umbrellas, you have manifestors, which is you, which is a very rare um type actually like less than 10% of the population are manifestors. So it's really unique to be a manifester. Um, and then you have, um, generators and under in, in that same category of generators, you have manifesting generators. So some people like to say it's a hybrid, um, and there, there is, you know, um, a combination of how manifestors or manifesting generators do act like both, but they need to fall under the strategy of a generator. And we'll get to strategy in a second. So generators and manifesting generators fall under the same umbrella, but manifesting generators operate differently, a little differently than generators. And then you have projectors and reflectors. And so when you're looking at these types, 
manifestors or manifesting generators and generators accumulate a large portion of our society, like at least 70%, which is why you can feel this busy energy, this doing energy. And I also believe society is really set up for a lot of generators and a generator society because generators have that sustainable energy, you know, to exert Um, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but really to exert this um, sustainable energy to perform those nine to five jobs. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, So then we have have projectors and we have reflectors. Um, uh Uh-oh. If it pauses, when it pauses, if it does pause, if you just let it go and then we come back together, when you actually go to edit it, it won't even show any gap. It'll just like, Oh, nice. Oh, okay. So just FYI. Um, but reflectors, I think that's where I was at. Reflectors are the rarest type. They are like 1% of the population. Um, very unique beings, uh, really here to be the mirror for our environment. And so each type has, you know, a function, the way that they're meant to operate. And so individually, you know, they operate on their own, but what, human design can show us is how harmonically we can work together to really bring in, um, you know, or to create something. So it's really this beautiful modality where you can show how you work individually, how you operate individually, but then how you operate together as well. Okay. So like you said, you're a reflector or projector. I am a projector. You're a projector. Um, and now like, okay. So one thing I do remember from my chart is manifestors, initiate yes there you go that is correct but like i read it and i'm like what the fuck does that even mean (laughs) absolutely so let's talk about that okay Okay. so with you being a manifester manifestors each type has a different aura okay so like for example i'm a projector so my aura is absorbing it absorbs the information that's around it's very focused and that's what's so beautiful about projectors because they can absorb the energy from their environment to be able to ask questions to guide the other individuals that's what projectors are here to do they're here to guide manifestors are here to lead to be the visionaries to be the tank at the forefront to to make an impact to initiate things to start things to begin things that's what manifesting is is to begin And that's what they're here to do. And so what's really beautiful about manifestors is that your aura is it's the human design term is it's closed and repelling, which repelling can sound really hard. Right. But think of it as when you think of repelling, just think of an outward pushing motion. Right. And if we're something's outward pushing, the reason why your aura is outward pushing is because it's actually protecting you from outside influences because you're meant to initiate. So if your aura is is actually protecting you from being influenced by other people because you're here as a manifester to follow your creative urges, to follow what your visions are, too. And that's why your strategy. So each type is going to have a strategy and their strategy is how they're meant to enter into opportunities for a manifester your strategy for you to enter into opportunities is to inform and to initiate okay so let's break down what that actually means so if you're here to when you get this creative urge especially you for anyone listening um tori is an ego manifester so your authority (laughs) is ego which is good this is really really good um And so what that means ultimately is that your strategy, the reason why it's so important for you to inform and then initiate is because your aura is outward pushing. You may have felt really misunderstood growing up, even now today, like people don't understand you. And also Tori, you are what is considered a five one. This is getting really ahead of myself, but the five receives projections. So not only are you receiving these projections from other people, your aura also leaves you in an opportunity to be really misunderstood. So you kind of have that energetic theme going on for you. Okay. (laughs) But, but so now let's say Tori that you, with this podcast, let's say you get this creative urge to like want to either have somebody on or to do something like go live um, on TikTok or something. When you get this creative urge, the informing part is important because people can't read you. 
We don't know what your next move is. We don't know what you're going to do. How are we supposed to know unless you inform us of what you're about to do? And you're not asking permission. You're not asking for it like for, hey, can I do this? You are genuinely telling this is my next step. This is what I'm going to do. And when you communicate that, what's going to happen is those who are in alignment with what you're saying, it's like a magnet on the other side. It's like, whoa, okay, I want to do this. It dream, it brings in the people that are going to help you follow through with your visions because also as a manifester, you're not here to complete every single vision that you start. And if you try, right? Like you, you're like, I'm going to do this. and I'm going to start, but you're going to need some help to mm -hmm. follow through with those visions. You eventually you're going to run out of energy and you're gonna be like, I need some help in order for this to continue. So manifestors are really here to initiate, right? So the more that you inform on what you're doing, the more that you can initiate others, right? Manifestors are here to initiate people into transformation, initiate projects, initiate change, but none of that comes unless you inform, unless you lead the way, unless you use your strategy in order to reduce the resistance of those around you, because that's what your strategy is going to do. Damn. So like just being like, Hey, I'm going live at this time. Yada, yada. Is that, is that considered informing? Oh, here we are. I'm going to hop onto a different, uh, let me see if this works better. Looks good. There we go. Um, so is informing like telling people like I'm going live at this time or I'm doing this. That's what, okay. Exactly. That's how are we supposed to know if you don't ever inform us, right? And that's why with your aura, with it being this outward pushing, we can all try to assume what you're going to do next, but literally you informing can initiate somebody into something, right? Like a beautiful example um, of, I mean, this is just a very generic example, but like, let's say a manifester in a business setting and you're like, I just don't want to do this. Like, this isn't what I want to do anymore. I don't want to do this. And you're informing those around you. Like, I don't want to do this. And with you just informing that somebody, let's say a generator hears that and they respond and they're like, oh, I want to do that. It actually gives me energy to want to do that. And so with you informing, it really can initiate other people into action. It can initiate you into action um, and it can really land an impact. But if you don't inform on what you're going to do, people can be really thrown off and you don't understand as I speak to so many manifestors and they're like, why do people care what I'm doing? <laughs> Like, what difference does it make? Like, why does everybody care? And it's like, we care because we can't read you. We can't see like what's going to happen. And then you'll do something more like, what the, f okay. Because truly as a manifester, what you do is going to make an impact. So you can either inform those that an impact is coming, but if you don't inform and then the impact comes, Sometimes people might not respond very well to that impact. You know what I mean? So yeah. really um, giving that informing allows to um, reduce any resistance necessary. So now what about, so let's go. So um, generators now, what are, gener what are, what do they do? Great question. Okay. So generators, and we'll speak about manifesting generators too. I'll put them in the um, similar category. And the reason being is because their aura and their strategy is the same, very similar. Okay. And their aura. So it's the opposite. Yours is pushing out as a manifester. Theirs is pulling in. See how this is working. Ying ah. and a yang. Aha. Yes. Which is why you need to initiate. So things can come in, but, um, so they have this open and enveloping aura. And so with them, they're, they are the most magnetic type because opportunities come to them. They are not meant to chase after things like you are. You're meant to be like, ooh, I have this urge. I need to go get it. Generators have a different approach to that, right? And there really needs to be a sacral response. And what I mean by that is generator strategies and manifesting generator, their strategy is to respond to life. 
And what that means is that an opportunity from the outside of the individual is going to come to them and they're meant to lean into their gut and to understand the vibration of what their gut is saying. Is it a yes? Is it a no? Because that vibration is a huge indication whether you're going to have energy available to follow through on this commitment. And that's what you're asking yourself, because what happens with a lot of generators is like, let's say something comes to them and they they don't listen to their strategy and their authority. And they keep saying yes to things that actually feel like a no to them. Like their mm-hmm. gut is like, no, we don't <laughs> have energy for this. Why do you keep saying yes? And so now <laughs> they're just frustrated as hell. They're running into a bunch of resistance because they're using their mind. Maybe they're using other centers to make decisions. And so, <clears throat> and to kind of back up a little bit, what's really beautiful about um, each type They have a signature theme to really let you know if you're living in alignment or not. And this will really resonate with you. So like with you, when you're in flow as a manifester, you feel more peaceful. You feel at peace with things. Yeah, (laughs) peace is kind of what just flows through you. But when your visions come to a halt or with restriction or or resistance, you know, you experience anger and anger is what comes up for you. And you have an undefined solar plexus. So anger could really come through for you um, in that situation (laughs) for generators and manifesting generators. It's it's satisfaction and frustration. That's what their signature themes are when they're living in alignment and they're with the flow and really tapping in and using their strategy and their authority. They feel a lot more satisfied in where they're putting their energy rather than feeling frustrated because what they're exerting is being met with so much resistance, maybe because they said yes, when the, um, when their body was like, we really don't want to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important to lean into your strategy and your authority. So it's kind of like they need to trust their gut with certain things. Somebody says, Hey, you want to do this? Or even if, is it like social events too, even? Oh, absolutely. Anything Anything from the outside. And that's a great question because like, let's say, let's say I am a generator. I'm not, but let's say I was, and like we're on a podcast. So let's say I have the idea to start a podcast. And as a generator, let's just say I sat down and started the podcast. And while I'm starting it, there's just a lot of frustration, a lot of resistance. And it's like, man, like I really thought I wanted to start this podcast. It's not saying that that's not an alignment for you. Maybe it just wasn't the right time, right? Because then what happens, let's say that you and I have a conversation. You're like, hey, Brandy, have you ever thought of starting a podcast? And my fucking body lights up. And I'm like, yes, actually I have. And I responded to something outside of me. Now might be the right time. Now I see that I have energy, but when it comes from inside of you and your thoughts, sometimes we use those immature thoughts to chase after things, but really those thoughts, we just need a little more patience to see if something outside of us will come to us so that we can respond. Here's a good question. Now I I do want to obviously get to like projectors and reflectors too, um, but just a question popped up. Is it possible for a manifester, hypothetically like myself, to be living as a generator? Because like, I feel like society tells us we kind of have to like, I feel like my life is like waiting for opportunities instead of initiating. And now as you're speaking, I'm like, that makes a lot of fucking sense why I'm consistently fucking angry all the time about yeah. it. Yeah. So if you're waiting for these opportunities and you're a manifester, look at the resistance, look at the frustration, look at your anger. For you, especially for you, Tori, you are an ego manifester, meaning, and all that means is that your heart is your authority. That is all that that means. So we can say it as you have heart authority. <laughs> okay. And what Having ego authority means that when you desire something, you go get it. You have the energy to go get it. And when you get that creative urge, there is nothing standing in your way. Somebody who has ego authority, you're going to be able to exert that willpower in order for you to get it, which is why it is so important for you to make sure that you're in alignment with what you're trying to go after so that you're not putting your energy towards something that that doesn't, it's not what you want. It's all about what you want as the most selfish thing to say, but as an ego manifester, what do you desire? 
is oh sorry no you go well to answer your original question about you can be conditioned to act another type 100 i feel like most of us are conditioned to act like generators um, <sighs> i felt the same way manifestors feel the same way reflectors feel the same way why because we're in school with mostly generators we are in a society full of manifesting generators and generators so a lot of things are structured around that type of energy so where the conditioning comes from so for example your sacral the one center that generators and manifesting generators have defined that the other types do not that's the difference they have this defined we do not and with us who do not have a defined sacral this means that we don't have the consistent sustainable energy to be put forth towards something to master that means our energy is really going to come and go it's going to fluctuate mm -hmm. and depending on what centers you have defined in your chart it will also give you insight onto where your energy is actually coming from for example if you have an emotional center defined your emotions really drive your energy if your root center is defined um your root really gives you a lot of energy but for that center being undefined in your sacral you know we get conditioned it's almost like we get conditioned because we feel bad if we're not working. Mm, yeah. Like we've been conditioned that our productivity lies or our value lies in our productivity. We it's almost like we've been conditioned now to it's almost like we have a fear of resting. Yes. And that's that's a lot of generator conditioning. It's like, gosh, I, I, I feel like I can't rest, but my body's like, you need to rest. And it's like this mental pull and you're, you're not listening to your own body because mentally you've been conditioned that this is the way that you should be. This is the way that you should operate. But human design really takes these shoulds and it's like, oh, I don't think you should be doing anything um, when it comes to that manner. Right. And so you can really um look at your human design chart and see where you have been conditioned mm. and where you're acting out of this conditioning which is could point you to a reason why you're feeling exhausted and burnt out damn i gotta learn how to read my fucking chart <laughs> it, it, now uh, before we get to projectors and reflectors and and everything is it safe to say that generators and manifesting generators are really the only type that probably thrive in the nine to five because I don't I, I, like you said about the heart thing, the corporate like if my heart's not in it, I'm just like snoozeville and I everything annoys me and I don't want to fucking do it. And it's nine to that's the nine to five for me. It just like talk about repellent like I repel nine to five. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think, well, honestly, any type can thrive in any condition. I really think it's all about the mindset that has to come with that, too. But um, I would say that they have mm, an upper hand in serving the nine to five just because of that response. But I honestly feel like the nine to five structure today is just slowly dwindling. Right. Like, I feel like that structure, um, the way that we've been conditioned that we need to work this many hours, we need to go to school for this many hours. I think we're all starting to realize that that type of conditioning was placed for capitalism and not for the human um, benefit. And yeah. so it's really hard to say. But I do will say that generators and manifesting generators have the potential to have that sustainable energy which does do well in those nine to five jobs got it okay makes sense okay so now projectors yes okay so projectors i'm a projector i love talking about projectors um so projectors are here to guide the other energy types that is their um their big big theme and i spoke a little bit about the aura but projectors have the aura that's really focused and absorbing and it's absorbing the energy of the environment because projectors are here to engage with others on a deep energetic level and they're really here to guide other people by asking the right questions and that is the biggest thing for projectors is learning how to ask the right questions and i'm actually in this like um, currently in this phase right now and realizing that how important it is to ask questions um and just to give a little example i'm in a relationship with a projector <laughs> and so like and but like i was talking to somebody last week and we spoke about because her her husband that i was speaking about he's a projector and we were talking about the difference between when a projector tells you what to do and then when a projector projector asks you what to do and i was like oh okay like even in my relationship like if i can just ask instead of just directly guide like ah uh, because for projectors their strategy is to wait for recognition and an invitation 
So, yeah. So that means that we need to be recognized first and then invited into the conversation in order for there be an equal exchange of energy. Now, what's really beautiful or interesting about projectors. So generators and manifestors, they are considered an energetic type. Projectors and reflectors, non-energy types. So when well, the way that I see it is that projectors being a non-energy type, my strategy is to wait for recognition and an invitation. That recognition part is huge. It's absolutely huge because if I get an invitation without recognition, that's a very empty invitation where I'm most likely going to be met with a lot of resistance within that situation. And the feelings for projectors is when you're in alignment, it's successful. And when you're not in alignment, it's bitterness and bitterness comes up a lot. And even um, another word that kind of really sits with me is the word resentful. Mm. You start becoming resentful where you put your energy, but there wasn't equal exchange because what's really important for projectors being that non-energy type, when you are waiting for recognition and an invitation, what you're looking for is when another individual gets involved, you're looking for equal exchange. That's what a projector is looking for, equal ample exchange. That means that um, when that person recognizes you, that's already an energetic exchange. And then when they invite you into something, the projector really needs to look at it and like, what's in this for me? Is this equal exchange? Because a projector is going to show up and give what they have, but they also need to get what they're giving because there needs to be equal exchange in order for it to be um, a balanced flow within that relationship. And so... <clears throat> Yeah, projectors are really, really here to, to be that guiding force. Um, and the more that projectors can lean into um, learning how to ask the right questions and really learning on how to wait for those invitations, they'll feel their energy increase extremely, right? Um, because one of the things that I was doing was that because projectors have such a unique way of seeing things. And you, uh, you want to give unsolicited advice all the time. You're like, I could see how this could be better. I could see how this could be better. <laughs> like you just, you see where the guiding could happen, which is why there needs to be this invitation and this opening from another individual, because if they don't give you some sort of opening to give that advice, you're going to be just met with resistance, with Ooh. resistance. And then you're bitter because you're like, well, I told you, but you're not listening. <laughs> and so um, the question part and waiting for an invitation is the huge thing for projectors. So you guys are like the projectors are kind of like the fucking like life coaches of like the 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 whole shit. Like you guys come in and say, hey, this is this could be done a little bit better. But like in a way where like you're asking questions to kind of get it out of the other person. Is that kind of. Yeah, it really depends on the situation, like being invited into a space where you actually have the position to start correcting, you know, um, is beautiful. But yeah, I mean. Somebody said once that projectors, and I'm not saying that I said this, I'm not saying that it's true. I just thought it was a beautiful analogy um, where they were like, projectors are like spirit guides, where they come in and they ask the questions and they help lead you. And I was like, oh, that's such a beautiful way to describe right. them. You're like guiding uh, us to, yeah, that's fucking awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's like amazing. Yeah. So that's one way to describe it if you wanted to. And now reflectors, you said, are the rarest. Yeah. So when you look at a projector or excuse me, a reflector's chart, right? You're, you see all these colors that are colored in. Uh, reflectors have no centers colored in, which means they don't operate consistently. And that's not a bad thing. What's so beautiful about reflectors is that they're here to be that near to their environment. They're meant to show up who they are today. They're not meant to stay the same. They're not meant to try to hold on to one identity. They are meant to be this fluid um flow within themselves that allows themselves to change at any given moment, but to be that mirror to their environment, right? Um, the best thing that you can do for a reflector is truly ask, like, what do you think? How are things going? How are you feeling? Because they are picking up energy from all aspects. Um, their aura is considered um, sampling and resistant rather than focus and absorbing. And the difference between that is that they have to have some sort of protection, on themselves, right? So they're always just sampling the energy from their environment, but reflectors have a unique um, strategy. So their strategy to enter into opportunities is to uh, wait um, a lunar cycle, meaning they need to wait 28 days before they actually make a decision. 
Get the fuck out of here. No, I'm dead serious. That that's how long. Well, okay. And so the way that I like to describe it is um, time reveals all. Mm. So they just don't need to be impulsive with their decisions. They really need to take their time because again, they're sampling things. They're sampling the environment. They're sampling the energies. And so each day, you know, they could be getting a different sample. They can be getting a different insight. They could be seeing things different. And so if you make a decision immediately right now, and then you experience something four or five days down the road, it's like, oh crap. And then they're disappointed. Then they're, they're like, and because the feelings for um, reflectors are disappointment and surprises, they can be really surprised, right? When they show up and they allow themselves to be open to receiving and reflecting, they can have a lot of surprises throughout their life. But um, sometimes if they're making decisions that are maybe impulsive or spontaneous, you know, they could be met with disappointment in those experiences because they're not, they have not allowed time to reveal its truth. Ah, Okay. Wow. That's fascinating. So they're like the chameleons. It sounds like they kind of, yeah, they come in and that's why they're, they're the rarest type, but they're also the misunderstood, the most misunderstood, um, in a sense of the way that their energy is, they have no motors that are giving them energy. So this is why projectors and reflectors are considered non-energy types because they have the potential to, um, have the least amount of centers defined. Wow. And now you've been, obviously you, would you consider yourself like a a human design coach? Mm -hmm. Okay. So like you've coached people, you read their charts and how have you seen like people transform just by knowing and understanding their own, you know, human design? Yeah. Um, Interesting question. So (laughs) though what I have seen with my clients when they come in is that a lot of them are stuck. They're stuck with something. They feel blocked. They feel they can't move forward. There's something resisting. There's just, there's some sort of block and going through your human design and really learning these energies about yourselves. One of the most beautiful things is it allows you to accept aspects of yourself that maybe you've been trying to change your entire life, Mm. right? Like maybe people are like, "Mm, you need to do this or you need to do that. And then you read this and it's like, fuck, I don't need to change this. I just need to shift this because I don't think I can actually change this part of me, but I can shift it. Right. So it really can give you this insight on energies that you need to shift. So you can start feeling more like yourself. That is the biggest thing. So human design really gives you these themes that are not yourself that we can act out. And when we're acting out of our not self, we are just not being ourselves, And that's what people are coming to me for. They're like, I'm just not being myself. I'm not showing up in the way that I can. I don't feel like I'm at, you know, my highest. I feel like there's something more that I can embody. And so when you understand your chart, you start to understand how energy is truly coming in and out of your auric field. And so what's cool about it is once you start learning these different centers within yourself, these different gates within yourselves, when you go outside and you go into the world and you have these different situations and encounters, you actually have these tools in your tool belt where you can give these situations a word, a language where it's like, "Mm, okay, so like, for example, I'm in a relationship with an emotional projector. I am a splenic projector. Understanding that my partner is an emotional projector allows me to understand her waves so that I'm not reacting to her waves. So for example, if she's in a lower part of her wave, I feel that. I feel that a lot. (laughs) Okay. But learning that these waves are going to come and go is, is really important for our relationship because also in relationships, people need to, and I also believe this before too, that it's all happy. It's all daisies. Everything's always good. And it's like, no, actually that's not true. And I can't expect that from her. That's not even part of her design. She is designed to go low for a reason. So being able to create the space and the atmosphere so that that person can do that is huge for our relationship so that she can be herself without feeling like she's not being herself. And I can also do the same thing for myself. So it allows this communication for situations where maybe you didn't know how to communicate these certain feelings or these certain energies. So it really opens up your communication. It really opens up your understanding. It can heal certain aspects about yourself that maybe you've been hanging on to for a really long time. 
out of conditioning, right? And so understanding like these patterns that maybe have led up to that, there can be a whole lot of releasing that happens, understanding your human design and a lot of healing that can happen. So my clients that, um, that I work with, I have something called an immersion program and it's two months long. And I take these clients through and understanding these certain energies. And we go through the highs and the lows of these spectrums and being able to help them integrate this energy so that they have a, uh, a perspective of being able, I want to be able to act like this. This is the energy that I want. These, these is how I want to express myself. And so when you actually know how you want to express yourself and then you can have goals, then you can have intention. It really helps reduce the resistance in your life. So it really opens it up to this, um, this free flowing way of being. So you're not like that. And that it's funny that you say that because like, you know, obviously before we got on here, I was telling you like imposter syndrome is like my fucking Achilles heel. Um, and so like, you can look at a chart and be like, okay, this is maybe why you're experiencing this. Or like, if you're doing this instead of this, based on your human design, this is why you're feeling the resistance or why you're feeling stuck in this area. And like, you've seen that happen, obviously in, in your own practice, um, that probably, and you can do this. See, like when I thought of human design, I was only hyper-focused on like, like goals and like getting shit done in life, but this can translate to any area of life. Oh yeah. I mean, this, this modality is extremely universal, extremely. I mean, like, so for example, I'm going in one direction with it and I'm really, I'm, I'm excited to see where I take this with myself. And that's, what's really beautiful about it is human design has taught me that no one's going to do anything like me. Like I, knowing the energies that you're here to express, I heard it from this lady, you become unfuckwithable. Like, I know what I'm here to express. I'm like, I'm like, this is where I, this is where my gifts are. This is where that it's like, I'm like intentionally putting my energy in certain places because I know what it is that I'm trying to do. And so, um, oh, where was I going with that? I lost my train of thought. Um, Nobody's going to be like you, you know, what direction you're going in. So human design actually gave me the confidence to actually start my own business because you realize once you realize the energies that you're here to express and you can find the essence of what you're doing, really, that's what it does. It helps you find the essence of why you're doing what you're doing or how you can put the essence behind something. Um, What was your original question? (laughs) Um, It was just really just saying how like that you can apply this to any area. That's correct. And so where I was going with this is that there are so many people in this field, but they're all doing it in their own unique way. You know, some people are doing it for money manifestation. Some people focus on just projectors. Some people focus on just manifestors. Some people use it as trauma informed. Like there's just so many different avenues that you can use to apply this structure. You can use it in corporations in order to build teams, in order to increase your team flow and increase your productivity to see where you're lacking. You know, there could be a way where you can put um, a corporate team in a situation or pull up everyone's chart and you can see where maybe they're lacking. Are they lacking in vision? Are they lacking in integration? Are they lacking in, I don't know what the other ones are, but um, so you can really (laughs) see where people are lacking um, in so many different aspects of their life and where they are um, where they can operate consistently as well. Okay. So now here's my next question. Somebody like me, like with my chart, right? Um, Like you said, especially me, I have to, it's so funny that you say that too. Like I have to uh, move from like my heart space because I'm the type of person in relationship, in business. If my heart's not in it, I want nothing to do with it. Um, If I were to be in a situation where I was forcing myself to do something that my heart wasn't in, would that cause resistance and anger? Aha. That makes a lot of fucking sense. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because your, your heart, your, the, your, your heart is your authority. So for example, my authority, and when we say authority in human design, authority is how you make decisions. Authority is the strongest center in your chart, the one that operates consistently and the one that you tap into when you're making decisions. So mind splenic, meaning that 
I make decisions very intuitively in the moment, right then and there. I cannot even think about it. If I even think about why my answer is that answer, I could truly change my answer. If I'm like, one time I needed to go, I was driving this fucking RV one time, dude. And my gut told me you need to turn left right now. And I'm like, why? Right looks perfectly fine. There's nothing going on. Bam, fucked it up, messed up my RV. Like, and that's that was the simple ex- explanation of uh, splenic authority, right? For you, yours is all about your heart and what you desire. And so, yeah, I mean, you nailed it on the head. If your heart is not in it, if you do not desire what it is that you're putting your energy towards, resistance is going to show. And when you're met with resistance, anger is what's going to come through. And like, you mean resistance in the sense that I'm not going to manifest what I want to manifest. I'm not going to accomplish what I set out to accomplish because energetically I'm like blocking myself by forcing. Okay. That makes so much sense. It's like the, um, it's like the energetic setting isn't set up for you correctly. Right. It's like if you're like, because you're, this is what's so, this is why I love human design is that it brings you into your body. It's all about what your body is telling you, how your body is feeling. And we have been conditioned to only operate from our mind space. Well, what are you thinking? What is this? What is this? And it's like, well, um, yeah, our mind is not our authority. You know, we have a lot of us have a lot of conditioning from our mind space, but your body knows what it wants. Your body was here mm-hmm. to do a specific thing. It is, it is encoded with something. And so that's why you're meant to trust yourself and you're meant to get out of your head and listen to more into your body so that you can start making decisions um, less out of your head and more into your body. Are there types whose authority like it are the, is what are the different authorities there are so the first one the main one the big one is emotional authority okay and so generators any type can have emotional authority okay and so when we speak about generators and manifesting generators there can only be two types you are either an emotional generator or an emotional manifesting generator or and then we move to the next one or you are a um a pure generator or a pure manifesting generator. And then that means that their sacral is defined. So it goes, your solar plexus is the first one. If that's not defined, we move to the sacral. And so that's sacral authority. If the sacral is not defined, we move to the spleen and that would be splenic authority. So after we get through here, this is predominantly most of the authorities. After you get after a splenic authority, which is where you are, um, it becomes really rare, more rarity for these authorities to come up. So then we have ego authority. Then we have um, self-projected authority. Then we have mental authority. And then we have no authority. Uh, which is reflectors because they have absolutely no definition within their chart. Wow. So there is a mental where like, I I would assume mental authority is the, is the head. They have to listen to their thoughts. In a sense. Yes. So they're using, so with mental authority, they only have their Ajna and their throat defined. So there's a clear connection between their throat and their Ajna. The rest of their chart is open, meaning that they're taking in energy from their environment. And so when you have mental authority, you're really here to be that sounding board and to use your, use your other senses to see, but your mental, you're going to think about how you're feeling those decisions. And so therefore that's why it's mental authority, but you're using your other centers to uh, be that sounding board. I love this. So this also ties into the chakras as well. That is correct. So human design is, um, it's a combination of different modalities. It is Western astrology. It is the I Ching. It is the Kabbalah tree of life. It's the chakra system along with quantum physics. Get the fuck, the, the Kabbalah tree of life too? Mm-hmm. That is correct. How does the Kabbalah play into this? Oh gosh, now you're getting really well, that's, scientific. That's going yeah, you're getting deep. real deep. I'm yeah. gonna have to have you back on like seven more times. <laughs> I would have to do some more research to make sure I deliver that information properly because okay, okay, I did okay. not prepare for that one. Well, because the Kabbalah is like, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the Kabbalah itself. But that this isn't okay. So astrology ties in mm-hmm. because based on well, how does astrology tie? In? Well, so I mean, like. 
uh, it, it ties in because each gate also sits within a certain uh, zodiac. You know, it sits, it's either sitting in Leo, it's sitting in Capricorn. It's so th those energies still do tie into the gates. Um, it ties into astrology in a sense of like, because you do need your birth date, time, and location. And also it uses the planetary system in order to get the influence of the planets. So how the planets are influencing the gates, if that makes sense. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And um, the well, the chakras obviously make sense because that's just human design is kind of it's it's like your energy, how you receive and 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 take in energy. And obviously yeah. chakras play into that. What's interesting is that in human design, we believe that we are nine centered beings instead of seven. Um, so the chakra system focuses on the seven chakras. But in human design, we focus on the nine because we believe um that in 1781 that we actually evolved from a seven centered species into a nine centered species nice that's yeah. actually pretty dope so what are the two extra chakras oh shoot uh i don't know off the top of my head okay um, okay okay yeah i couldn't tell you off the top of my head i'd have to do i've like I, I literally i just learned the seven and now to know that there's two more i'm like fuck <laughs> Well, because they all, well, they also operate. Um, I think they have, they're same, same, but also different. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, yeah, it does actually a lot. Um, so would you recommend like everybody getting not even, not really like learning as much as they can learn, but getting to know their chart, like how can people find their chart? And mm, yeah. So I mean, if you Google just free human design graph, it will pop up some software and you can plug it in. But most people are going to run into the same thing that you did. You see this chart and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, and so there are many different ways to start understanding your chart. Um, the first one can be, you know, finding a reader, you know, connecting with somebody. Um, and I also recommend getting a reading from somebody that you connect with, right? Mm -hmm. That's really, really special. Find somebody that you relate to and that you energetically um, connect with really makes a big difference. But you can find a reader, you can do your own research, buying books and things like that. Um, and then there's also softwares where you can buy, you know, where they read it to you, where it's like, this gate means this, this gate means that. So you can buy things that have that information and you can kind of do your own self-help research. Um, so there are many different avenues in to start learning your human design. My recommendation is to just start doing it because I think like your path is going to unfold how it's meant to unfold. Yeah. Um, if you start here, you're going to go where truly you're meant to go. Um, it's really just about beginning. Now, if you were to now you, you have my chart up. I, I have it right here. If you were to look at my chart, what would you say is like my biggest like resistance? Can you see like, I don't even know what the fuck question to ask. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's a really broad question. <laughs> really broad question. Um, let me see. Well, okay. So the imposter syndrome, I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's right here. Um, so with, so you have gate 48 sitting and I know actually I can share my screen with you. Let me do that. Oh, nice. Can I do that? Share my screen host disabled part. You disabled me <gasps> from sharing my screen. Wait, I, I, I think I did it, but let me see. Okay. So, um, you with your imposter syndrome, what's really interesting about yours, Tori, is that you actually have a defined G-center. And so having a defined G-center is all about seeking out direction with confidence. Mm. And so for one, I think it's going to be a lot to do with your confidence and the way that you're carrying yourself and the way that you, with your self-love, when you start increasing your self-love, you know, your communication is going to open up your, um, your personal responsibility is really going to open up because this gate 10 is a huge, is a significant gate within the human design um, chart. It's called the gate of uh, the gate of individual behavior. And so when you actually take responsibility for your own behavior, you become more empowering and empower those around you. And so that's something for you to really focus on, right? And with it coming to that imposter syndrome, you have this gate, it's called gate 48. It's called the gate of depth. Okay. Yeah. It's sitting. Yep. The gate of depth. 
think of that word depth means to go deep, means to dive deep. It means to dig in and to have, you know, the awareness of what I need to dive into. I think, Tori, that you have the awareness of what you need to do. You're just not doing it because you feel like you're going to be inadequate, but you have the awareness, you know what you need to do. You're just scared to not do that because you're, it's almost this fear of failure, this fear of not being enough. But on the other side of this fear, on the other side is that depth is that energy to be able to dive in deep, to be able to master what it is that you want to master. Gate 48 is a very skillful gate. It's here for skills. It knows how to to gain those skills, Mm. but you have to move through your fear of inadequacy in order to obtain those fears because you need repetition in order for you to gain those skill sets. And if you're not ever giving yourself those repetitions because you have this sense of fear that you're not going to be enough, then now do you see the block there? Yes, that's that is insanity that that chart tells you because that's exactly where I'm at. Like, I want to start going live and doing tarot readings on 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 TikTok and. I keep stopping myself because I'm like, nah, your readings fucking aren't good enough, you know, and, and you're going to what if you suck? What if and and like it's a, it's it, that's exactly it. That's ex- that's fucking crazy. That is yeah. nuts. I think people need to if you're listening or watching, you need to get a reading with Brandy. <laughs> well, because now I'm like diving into your tarp because I'm like, hmm, what else is this? What else is that? Because <laughs> like before we hopped on here, I was looking um, I was looking at big energies within your chart. And there's a certain section within your chart um, where, so Jupiter, I'll just, Jupiter gives gifts, expansion, higher learning, both of your Jupiters. So your conscious and your subconscious Jupiter gate, it's in your throat center, right? So you having a podcast, you using your throat, you being expressive, you know, that's, that's a really, um, an awesome thing. Right. And so what's really interesting, um, is this gate 12, which is sitting in your conscious personality. So your conscious energy and this gate 12 is called the gate of caution and it's sitting in your throat. (laughs) And this is a gift that you have. You have the ability to be able to create mutation within yourself and other people with the words that you express. And sometimes Tori, it's not even what you say, it's how you say it. You have this gate 12. The reason why it's called the gate of caution is because it's socially cautious when it speaks. It's not an energy that's like, I'm just going to speak, speak, speak all the time. Like, no, no, no. I am cautious about where I'm using this energy. Why? Because I also need to know that there's an opening. I need to know that I'm in the right mood. That's the key for you. You have to be in the right mood to speak. And so with your creative urges, you know, when you get in that mood to speak and you hop on and you do those tarot, you can create magic. You can create transformation because the mood is right. When the mood is not right, mm. you struggle to speak. You're met with resistance. You get angry because if the mood isn't right, but you're trying to force this thing out, it's like you're, it's just not the right time to speak. And so now you're like, well, I don't want to talk again. Fuck this. I'm done. I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to have that situation again. I don't want to experience that. And that's why this energy is cautious about when it speaks, because it does have the ability to speak these most beautiful words that have insight and creativity and can really share the power with other people um, through the way you're expressing yourself. That's insanity. That's insane. That that this chart can tell you all of that. And what are these, what are gates just to, yeah. Out of curiosity. See, can I share this? Oh, I yeah, can. I think I gave you. Nice. Okay, here we go. So um, when we're looking at your chart, this is you, Tori. Let me go to quantum. And it's so intricate. I'm so intrigued right now. <laughs> so when we look at these personality gates, the ones on the right, the black, these are your conscious gates. So these are more of your body. Your, I mean, these, um, this is something you're really going to relate to, right? And then when it comes to these red gates, these are your subconscious energies. And these are more of like your body energies. So these black ones can be kind of maybe what you consider mind energies. And then the red ones you consider more body energies. Now, When we are looking at these gates, you see all these lines and stuff. 
each one of these gates, so 52, 58, 30, they're all sitting in a planetary system, which gives them an influence, right? So for example, 52 is your sun gate. This is your life force energy. This is what you're here to do. Gate 58 sitting in the second one. This is your earth gate. Earth needs balance um, within itself, you know, in order for that sun gate to really shine through. You know, we hop down your north node and your south node. That's all about your environment and the environment that you're set up to be in. And it can also give you insight into your purpose. The moon is what drives you. Mercury is how we communicate. Venus is how we love. And so the list goes on. And so each gate sits in a planetary system so that the planet gives its influence. And there are are two type of gates within your chart. You either have a hanging gate or you have the full channel, meaning that two gates on each side of the channel are active to create a channel. Um, so that, so that energy can uh, move back and forth between the centers. So for you, you're somebody who can move your heart center energy towards your throat center, which is why it's what you desire. When you understand what you desire and you get this creative urge, you have the willpower to be able to exercise that energy. And then you'll be able to express what it is you're wanting to do so that you can inform so that you can initiate. So you're able to move this energy of desire into action and manifestation through your throat center. So that's like, would that just, I'm going to put it so simply, and I apologize if I sound like an idiot, but would that be just like speaking from the heart, like literally? Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. I mean, like in the most simple, um, <laughs> most simple line or phrase is absolutely speaking from your heart, speaking from what you desire, um, making sure that you align with your desires, making sure you're staying grounded within your desires, you know, always checking what it is that you're desiring. Um, because also for you, you know, uh, there are other energetic themes that happen in your chart, right? So for, for me, what I look at um, is you have a single definition. And so that means that all of your centers are connecting and communicating with each other, which means that your conditioning is going to lie in your undefined centers or there's going to, there can be conditioning that lies here. So for example, the spleen, which is all about awareness, which is all about survival. When the spleen is not being itself, it has the influence to hold on to things a lot longer than what's healthy for it too. <laughs> Ooh, right. <laughs> So let's think about that. What are you maybe hanging on to? If we're, let's go back to this inadequacy thing that you're feeling when it comes to certain things with your, um, with your online presence. Yeah. Your, this gate 48, this one right here is the one that brings the fear of inadequacy. Your spleen is also undefined, which means that you're going to amplify fears. And so you are also amplifying these fears. And because your spleen is undefined, you may be a type of person that hangs on to something um, when it gives you security and you like, won't let it go. You're like, no, this is, I, I finally have security. This feels good. This is what I want. Right. And it's like, okay, but is it bringing you what you want? Like, is this, is it healthy for you anymore? It may have been healthy at the beginning, but it may not be now, but because your sense of security really fluctuates, you may have a hard time letting things go and facing your fears. And that's living from the not self of the undefined um, splenic sector. Wow. I'm blown the fuck away right now. That's crazy. Cause that's literally, like, and I'm not a skeptic at all, but I always try to enter into these, these, these sort of subjects with like a healthy skepticism, yeah. but like, there's no skepticism here. That is who the fuck I am. Like, and to, that's nuts. That's see like the, but this is what I saw. Like I saw this whole thing and I was like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's, it really can be an intimidating um, thing to look at. But what I what I have come to discover is that it truly, it, it's like peeling off onions, layers and layers of layers. So like, you can peel off this layer, like, the, uh, to give you, I look at my chart often, and mm. I still get surprised. I'm like, Oh, that's Oh, okay. Okay. Because it's like, it integrates and it integrates differently. It's like, um, I'll look at something and I'll be like, oh, okay, I understand that. 
And then I'll read it two months later and it will hit just so different. And I'm like, oh, that, and it's like, it gets deeper and it gets deeper. So I believe that human design truly just like unreveals itself when the timing is right for you um, when it comes to certain things. This is amazing. So if I, if I or anybody else watching this, listening to this, wanted to really dive in, um, what, like, what is this that you're, could this, whatever you're using tell you, or would you recommend just getting a reading? I recommend getting a reading because this is just my personal perspective, but being able to speak to another individual that you have never met and then being able to navigate your energy with such precise truth and to be able to have another perspective so somebody can help you um, integrate this energy is is what I recommend, but some people are really good at self-help and self-learning. So, you know, it's to each his own. Okay. If somebody, let's say wanted to self-help, what, where would they go? Yeah. Um, there's a couple, the ones that pop off of my head. So I use genetic matrix, but the reason why I use genetic matrix is because look at all these charts that it gives you. It gives you so many charts. It gives you the gene keys. It gives you the godheads. It gives you shadows. It gives, it just gives you so much. So I really like gene keys or not gene keys, excuse me, genetic matrix. There is something called mybodygraph.com that I know for sure that you can purchase audio subscriptions to be able to to listen to the gates and to get more information in depth. And then there's something called Jovian Archive. That is also another great third-party source that does have options for um, subscriptions and things like that so that you can get information on your chart too. Dope, dope. Well, thank you seriously for doing this. Um, this is incredible. I like you got I you gotta come back. You have to come back because I have so many damn questions still. Yeah. Um, but the last question is, where can people find you, get a reading, uh, all of that stuff? Yeah. So um, TikTok has been my main platform um, as of date. And so my uh, my user handle is by.brandyyates. Um, you can find me at MerakiMovement.com. So M-E-R-A-K-I-M-V-M-T.com. Or excuse me, it's .org. It's .org. Um, and so on both of those, they have options for my link tree and you can find different services and um, pick which one you feel called to doing. I do have services that offer for a wide range of people um, because I want to be able to hit all different incomes when it comes to this type of stuff. Dope. Amazing. I'm definitely going to book something with you because this is so incredible. Um, but I really appreciate this. I will definitely be having you back on. You're very informative. You know your shit. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Um, and thank you for creating, creating the space to, uh, yeah. to allow people to come on and to share their gifts and to share um, and to spread what they're doing. So thank you for that. Hell yeah, of course. Yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs>